or all the all the love and valentines you want i hope you've given and received amen yes happy valentines and if you don't have a valentine then um jesus loves you so <laughs> um we do have i saw some people bringing in shoe boxes thank you thank you thank you we do need shoe boxes we need some uh mouth care items so things like floss if you do want to buy toothbrush or two then please do that um i don't know if any i did not check on well the the ones that i know of the the jars of toothpaste things they're very expensive the ones that i have seen but uh, we can we can look those up and and try to see if there's some that are a little less expensive but um obviously we cannot u have any mouthwash or toothpaste uh, like we know regular toothpaste so um flossers regular you know, containers of floss and toothbrushes are necessary for the month of february if you'd like to bring something else you're welcome to no worries but uh, those are the things that that we are gathering up we have do we have any other announcements going on no not right no not that we can think of i felt like there was something else but no uh do please do keep that in mind also on our church website thanks for watching hello if you're if you're joining us virtually thanks for watching and on our church website if you want to share uh, any of the messages that you see any of the services that that you're here for uh, please do go on our church website and and just go to the uh, the links and you can send them out you can post them on your social media send them out to people um, we you know, share them with someone if you if you hear a message that you think someone would really like or, or need we have resources on our church website we have uh, our uh, we have our sermon series going on we have our uh, devotionals that are listed there so please do use that as a resource if you're not quite sure what to what to read next go on there and and find something and uh, the the list of items for prayer and the list of verses are on there as well. So please do keep those things in mind. We have resources that are available for you. We want everybody to to draw near to the Lord. Amen. Um, this we the song the, the song that we're one of the songs we're singing uh, this morning. It's a great song. Comes on the radio all the time. And Shane and I were talking about it the other day. Yeah, I'm gonna and you're gonna you're gonna hear it i'm sure but um he's like yeah this is a this is a great song he's like it's you know it sounds good when you sing it but it just um it's just not the same as hearing it when they sing it <laughs> yeah and I, I know exactly so i just i want to encourage everyone today i want to encourage everyone today that we're, no matter if we are <laughs> it, no matter if we are two or three gathered in the name of the Lord or if we are two or three thousand gathered in, in the name of the Lord he is still good and he is still he is better than anything amen so I encourage you today I, I'm looking at you Shane Williams um, <laughs> but I encourage you today and and not only because it is and because the Lord is good, today's Valentine's Day, and the Lord should be our first love. Amen? So today, as we sing, as we worship, I, I just ask you to put your, your whole first love feelings into it, 
into what we sing, into the way that we give today, into the way that we pray for one another's needs and everything that we do. And I know I always pray for that as I'm praying up here. But but that's that's not just words that I'm I'm saying, but every single thing we do, we have come here for the purpose of him. Not not for our glory and to lift ourselves up, but for his. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, we love you with our whole hearts. We say to you that you are the one we love. God, you are our first love, and we want to we wanna just pour out our love and our our giving to you. God, we just want to, from the depths of our heart, we want to pour out every piece of gratitude that we have. God, we just want to lift you up and thank you. God, to give you praise for all that you do and all that you are. God, we thank you that you woke us up this morning. Lord, that you gave us grace to to get ready. God, that you gave us the strength to be here in your house. God, we thank you and we praise you that you are with us wherever we go. God, that we are never alone. That there, there are times that we may feel all alone, but you are right next to us. I thank you that you said in your word you'd never leave us, that you'd never forsake us. God, I thank you and I praise you that those times that we're lonely, that you come down to us and that you you wrap your arms around us. God, we thank you. We praise you. We love you so very much. God, we love you that you gave us your only son to die for our sins and the sins of this world. God, we just ask you now that you have your will and your way in everything that we say and do. God, that we honor you and please you. God, that we would show our love to you today. How much we love and appreciate you. How much we we give you our thanks for all that you do and all that you are. We lift you up in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. search the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise and treasures that fade were never enough but you came along and put me back together is now satisfied here in your love cause there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you there's nothing nothing is better than you To show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Cause there's nothing 
better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Lord, there is nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. So you turn morning to night. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. Sing that again. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn grace. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Because there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Sing it as your love song to him today. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. You turn graves into gardens. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Sing it one more time. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was lost, I was in chains. 
the world had a hold of me. My heart was a stone, I was covered in shame when he came to me. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his presence. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his arms. Jesus, he loves me, he loves me, he is for me, and Jesus, how can it be that he loves me, and he is for me, it was fire deep in my soul. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see 
of victory for the battle belongs to you lord i'm gonna see a victory i'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you lord There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. So I'm not backing down from any giant. Cause I know how this story ends. Oh yes, I know how my story ends. That I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Lord, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil lord you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Lord, you turn it for good. You turn it for good. So I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to my Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. 
I'm gonna see the victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Lord, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Thank you for the victory, Lord. Hallelujah. to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good for all of you folks to be looking in on us this morning. I hope that you can feel God where you're at, that he'll touch your heart and bless you as you're there this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering there for our usher will come at this time. Brother Wise, when we say blessing over the offering for us this morning, please. Pray for me this morning as I sing, Love is Stronger. Good. 
Up against the impossible, you just wouldn't back down. You kept fighting that heavy cross you carry. Love is stronger. You're finally facing the sun. Your brighter days have begun. Look at you now. Soaking in it. You're smiling. Beautiful reasons why Kept faith when you didn't have a prayer Found hope when it wasn't even there Up against the impossible You just wouldn't back down You kept fighting That heavy cross you carry Ain't weighing you down any longer Life is tough Kept faith when you didn't have a prayer Found hope when it wasn't even there Up against the impossible You just wouldn't back down You kept fighting That heavy cross Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for His love that is strong every day. Amen. Praise God. Now we're supposed to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. That's everywhere. That's Cornelius. That's Romania. That's Czechoslovakia. That's Russia, China. Everywhere. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. A joyful noise. Unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't it all right to sing praises unto the Lord? Know ye that the Lord, He is God. And it is He that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Therefore, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. 
For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. Amen, amen, amen. Be thankful to the Lord. Amen. Bless His name. It is so great to be a child of God today. Amen. It doesn't matter what goes right or what goes wrong. It's good to be a child of God. Amen. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm sorry for those that cannot be here today for whatever reason. We bless you in Jesus' name. And those that are watching, we bless you in Jesus' name. We pray for you, your need that are represented uh, from time to time that get calls or we know that people are suffering and need help. So let's pray for all those that are watching and can't be here today and bless the name of the Lord in them. Amen. Anyone else that has a spoken request for prayer? Okay. Lord bless Gigi and Papa. Family in prayer. Praise God. Please remember them. Sister. Danny and Beverly. Oh my. Trying to find the formula to fix that. Lord, please help. Oh, please help. Yes. Another prayer request this morning that has spoken nature. Yes, Brother Mike. Uh, my mother's coming home soon. Oh, my. That's urgent. Boy, that's urgent. Yes, amen. Yes. Mr. Bobby. All right, God, please touch Mr. Bobby. Was there another? We want to get all that are in, and, and we pray for those. He's lifted hand for unspoken requests. And would you stand with me? Let's together call on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for this time to be in your house and to worship you. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to present our case to you. That we've done this morning. Uh, by lifting our hands, we're saying we need your help. Father, each and Oh, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. Uh, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your blessing. Uh, each one that has lifted their hands here today. You know what's going on in our lives, and you know what we need for you to help. We, Lord, we need your help. we got to have your strength, your blessing, your encouragement, your direction in our lives. Lord, whatever is going on, fix and help. Lord, make it all better in Jesus' name. Father, for those spoken requests, I ask you uh, to touch Mr. Bobby. Uh, God, I ask you to touch D.G. and Papa. Father, I ask you to touch uh, uh, the brother-in-law and the mom. Father, Sister Charlene needs your help. Would you build her up in her strength? God, she needs some strength. Father, she needs to eat to gain strength. Uh, and Lord, may you encourage her to do just that. And maybe things will get better if she's home. I just hope that is the case. But God, I pray pour into her right now. 
your spirit and your blessing. Lord, and pour in to Brother uh, uh, Mike and Sister Dean that they may be able to help Mom. Pour into them of your glory and your strength uh, and encouragement and build them up uh, in the most holy faith. Father and co-worker, oh God, that has been diagnosed with brain cancer. God, I pray that you'll show up big. Father, any time the word cancer is mentioned, it just cuts to the spirit. It cuts in the individual's heart. And, and Lord, there's all kinds of things that go on in the emotions, and, and there's a struggle. Father, lift up and bring the heat and touch those involved, the whole family, everybody, co-workers as well, that they would hear from heaven. Lord, I pray for my brother. And I ask you, Lord, to give the doctors some understanding about what's going to work about the liver to make it adjust up to what he is doing and how he lives and what goes on in his body. Father, I pray for them now. And I bless them. I lift them up before you. Uh, for Mike's family, God, show up big. Show up big. Bring good blessing, I pray, into each individual of involved here. God, I, I pray that your joy be full uh, in their lives, that they'd understand uh, that we need to bless the Lord uh, with all of our heart, mind, uh, and our soul, and the strength that we have uh, to bless the name of Jesus, uh, and that we do. Thank you for what you do, how you bless. Thank you uh, that your presence is real uh, in this service today. Uh, and may it be just as real as people watch from home. I pray God after every prayer request that they have, every need, every longing of the heart that goes out to you that they need help. Show up big, Lord. Show up in the name of Jesus to take care of those needs. And Father, today as we hear the word, as it's brought forth to us, may we receive with thanksgiving and joy and blessing us. May we praise the Lord. Oh, and may we lift up His name. We lift Him on high in the pedestal of our soul and our spirit. Father, Your will is done today. I pray that an individual would come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord even this day. Father, we ask these favors in Jesus' name. And for His glory we do pray. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you fellowship, if you will. God bless you at home. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fly, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh
It is, it's Valentine's, but I'm not, I'm not talking about love. Um, Jesus loves you. That is, you know, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, but we are not, we are not talking about, um, I actually, the message today kind of goes along with the songs, and, and I do that sometimes, but, but I'd already, sometimes, yes. I don't ever know what dad's going to preach. And then if the songs go along with it, it's like a thank you, Jesus. I know what I'm going to preach, so when I choose the songs. But but I had already, I knew these songs a couple weeks ago, and, um, and I had a couple different things to preach today, and this is what I really felt like the Lord was speaking, so it kind of goes along with it. So it was like, wow, thanks, Jesus. I like that. Uh, this, this book, we're going to be in, in Judges. This book begins a new era in the journey of the children of Israel. Their beloved leader, Joshua, had just died. And the second generation Levitical priest, Eliezer, had also died. So Eliezer was the son of Aaron. So their their original leaders, Aaron and Moses, had died in, before going into the promised land. And now Joshua and Eliezer have died. And they were standing quite literally on the edge of a promise, on the edge of a of a new season in their relationship with God, a new season in their in their purpose as a nation. They were going into something new, something different, something that they had been anticipating for a while, but had not yet seen. And just before Joshua died, we're not going to turn there, but at the end of Joshua, chapter 24, is when Joshua basically sits him down and has a, a good long talk with him. And he says, all right, y'all decide, because we're about to go into the promised land. You're going to go into this land where there are heathens. There are people who are idol worshipers. There are those who are, who are setting up um, idols and groves and all these different things to worship other gods and you're going to have to decide you're going to have to make a determination within your heart are you going to serve Yahweh who has led you from Egypt and and through the wilderness or are you going to serve the other gods he said you can decide whoever you want to but as for me and my house we'll serve the Lord and that's we we know that part very well but this was just before Joshua died that he said this to them. And they said, oh, yes, we are going to serve Yahweh. We trust in him. We, he's been faithful to us. We're going to do this. So they agreed that as they settled into Canaan, they were going to worship only Yahweh. 
and they were facing here as they're heading into the land of Canaan they're facing one of the first real tests of their stamina the manna and quail had stopped so they were going to have to go into the land drive out all the people plant and harvest and do things that they had not yet been doing while they were in the wilderness God had provided for them for 40 years so they had never had to do all those things now God had promised that when they first got into the land they'd be able to harvest what what other people had planted but it was still a matter of harvesting they were going to have a lot of work to do as they go in so in Judges chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 we're going to be in the entire chapter of Judges but I am not going to read the entire chapter I told Jeff that this morning just you know follow along with me we're not going to read the whole thing if you want to read it it's it's I've read it a bunch of times this week chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 it says now after the death of Joshua it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against him and the Lord said Judah shall go up behold I have delivered the land into his hand and Judah said unto Simeon his brother come up with me into my lot that we may fight against the Canaanites and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went with him, and Judah went up. And the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And it continues on talking about who all they had, had slain and the, the numbers of people and the different uh, towns that they had taken over. So we see here that the response of the children of Israel to being without a leader was to ask for guidance. And they began to ask the Lord for guidance. Now, up to this point, it had been either Moses or Aaron, or it had been Joshua or Eliezer, who had heard directly from the Lord and spoken the word of God to the people. But here they find themselves without anyone to, to be a go-between for them, so they ask of God directly. And historically, we see that from this point through the rest of the Old Testament is when people really begin to call on the name of the Lord for themselves, to inquire of the Lord. Now, not just in prayer, because we see that back in Genesis, but to inquire of the Lord and say, Lord, give me guidance, give me direct you know, speaking to me. Help me to know exactly what you want me to do. Now... In this case, it was most likely done with the Urim and Thummim, if you're not quite familiar with that. They were lots, kind of like, we don't exactly know what they would have looked like or what they would have had engraved upon them, but it was almost like, I don't want to cheapen it, but it, it was almost like dice, and they would pray, and they would say, Lord, as we, as we put these out, please let it go to the correct place, and this is what this means. And it was a way for them to hear from the Lord. So, as they, again, most likely uh, asked the, the priest at the time to do this for them, and they asked the Lord, Lord, who should we send out first? Who's going to go for us into the land? Who's going to lead us? And Yahweh, now every time we see the name Lord here, every time we see the name Lord in this chapter, it is the name Yahweh. And if you've been with us in our, in our Wednesday night class, we know Yahweh is the covenant name of God. 
any time that we see the name Yahweh, it means that God has promised to be, or has even even greater than that, has made a covenant to be, whatever it is that follows. So when we see Yahweh Yira, which we interpret as Jehovah Jireh, that means that he has promised to be the God who provides. When we see Yahweh Shalom, which of course, you know, Jehovah is our peace. He has promised to be our peace. So every single time we see Yahweh, it means that he has made a covenant to be that. So here it says, the Lord, Yahweh, said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. So this covenant name, God who has made this promise that cannot be broken, the, the Lord responds, Judah shall go up first and lead the people into conquering the land. I have given the land into his hand. And the, the name Judah means praised. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But Judah, out of all the, tw- uh, all the 12 tribes, God said, Judah's the one to go first. Not the Levites, who are representatives of the, the priesthood and the ministry of God. But it was, and not, not Joseph, who had been that deliverer for his brothers, not that tribe. But it was Judah, the one who was praised, went first. And he says, behold, in verse 2, it says, behold, and this is the word see. We've been talking about all last year, vision. Behold, have a vision of possession. See, I have delivered the land into his hand. And God sees. So here, God is saying, see, behold, I have given this land into his hand. Not I will, but it's done. He, when he sees the vision, He's already there. He has already seen it happen. See, I have delivered the land into his hand. This is a statement of fact through faith. Yahweh made a covenant to give his people possession of the land. He told them that hundreds of years prior, that the land would belong to them. The contingency to receive was their faith and their drive. I'll, I'll say that one again. Their contingency to receive was their faith and their drive. It had nothing to do with God's faithfulness because he is faithful, and once he says it, it will happen. But the contingency was their faith and their drive. So then we see in verses 17 through 19, And Judah went with Simeon, his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephath, and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was called Hormah. Also, Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof, and Ashkelon with the coast thereof, and Ekron with the coast thereof. And the Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain. But he could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. So, we heard from the set of verses previous that Judah had requested Simeon to join him. So, the the tribe of Judah went to the tribe of Simeon and says, you know, why don't you guys come with us and we are going to work together to defeat the enemy. 
And they began to defeat thousands of the inhabitants of the land of Canaan. We, we hear tens of thousands here. And the, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and here they come into Gaza and to um, Horma, Ashkelon, Ekron, and they're, they're defeating left and right. They're, they're gathering the land of the, uh, of the coast all around, and they're, they're getting possession of everything that belongs to them. They utterly destroy. They drive out the enemy who had been inhabiting their promised territory. It says the Lord, Yahweh, again we see this, Yahweh was with Judah as he drove out those who lived in the mountains. But they could not drive out those who lived in the valley because those people had iron chariots. Wait, what? Think about that for a second. They've come in and they've defeated thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. They've defeated place after place after place. We've skipped over some of the, the towns and the cities that they have destroyed. And, and they've defeated left and right. But the God of the mountain had helped them to defeat all of those who were on the mountain but then they got down into the valley and they couldn't defeat the word valley here means depression and of course we understand what a valley is it's a valley, it's, it's low it is a depressed place but as we're reading these things and, and we see the spiritual significance of this that the God of the mountain well, when we're down in the valley in, in the place of depression and we see these iron chariots, it's harder to believe. Here, of course, the word iron means iron, but digging a little deeper, one of the meanings is oppression. So here we are in the valley of depression with the vehicles of oppression, and it's hard to believe that the Lord is still God. And they're not able to possess what belongs to them. Then we move to verses 27 through 32. And it says, Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethsheen and her towns, nor Tanakh and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Iblium, and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. In another version that I was reading from, it said, but they refused to leave the land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. The word tribute here means that they made them slaves, a forced labor. Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahalal, but the Canaanites dwelt among them and became tributaries. Again, became slaves to them. Neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, nor the inhabitants of Sidon, nor of Ablet, 
Alab, excuse me, nor of Akzeb, nor of Helba, nor of Aphek, nor of Rehob, but the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. And it goes on and on and on through the rest of the chapter saying, and this one didn't drive them out, and this one didn't drive them out, and this one couldn't get rid of them. Either by lack of faith or a lack of desire, the Canaanites were not driven out of the land of promise as God had instructed them to do. God had told them, had been building up to this point, had been speaking through Moses had been speaking through Joshua and saying to the children of Israel when you get into the land God is going to give you the land but you are going to have to drive out the enemy from it they knew this they knew all of this and they had been told this is your land God gave this land to Abraham Isaac dwelt there Jacob dwelt there. You guys had to go back to Egypt because you were, you know, there was a famine. You became slaves, but this was originally your land. Hundreds of years ago, this belonged to you. So you're going to have to claim it. You're going to have to take it because it belongs to you, but also you're going to have to drive out those people who are squatting there. For some of the tribes, the Canaanites lived among them and they were eventually enslaved by the children of Israel it says that once Israel became stronger in verse 28 and it came to pass when Israel was strong they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out so Imagine this, just one generation removed from people who had been enslaved and subsequently delivered by Yahweh. The children of Israel were now making the Canaanites their slaves. So they were the ones who were supposed to work. The Israelites were the ones who were supposed to work the land. The Israelites were the ones who were supposed to plant and harvest because that was God's promise to them and part of the blessing was that they would be the ones to plant in their own land and to harvest their crops and to be prosperous in the land that God had given them but instead of doing that they enslaved someone else to do it for them even worse some of the tribes just moved in among those who were unlawfully inhabiting their promise those tribes were like, all right, well, y'all aren't going to move. We'll just move in beside you. No worries. They didn't even try to drive. It doesn't indicate from the scriptures that they even tried to drive them out. They just said, all right, well, if y'all are good, we're good. Instead of obeying and trusting Yahweh by driving the people out, they lived among the heathen and suffered greatly for it. We know that this became a stumbling block to them. And they were warned against this. Joshua warned them against this. You're going to go into the land, and if you do not drive them out, this will be a stumbling block for you. They will be a thorn in your side. Because they're going, to be, they're going to be influencing you to worship other gods. 
Their lack of push, desire, and or determination made them settle. So the word of the Lord is filled with promises to us. Now there are promises that were specifically to Israel. This land is yours. You know, this I will be with you to inhabit this land. But there are there are promises that are made directly to us as well. Promises as well that we can that we can claim in God's word. Things like, I will never leave you or forsake you. When God says that, that's a promise that we can claim, that we can hold on to. When God says, you can be saved in your house. Now, that was, that was said to the, to the jailer in Acts, but, but we can claim that as well. That, Lord, I'm saved, and as for me and my house, we're going to live right, we're going to do right. I, I, can, I can say, Lord, I claim this promise, and I ask you to make that real in my life. The promise that by his stripes we are healed. That's a promise for all believers, anyone who has accepted Christ. The promise that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I don't always feel like a conqueror, but I'm promised that that's the case. Things like, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans of good and not of evil, plans for a hope and a future for you. When, when God says that, he means it for all of his people. He is the covenant God, Yahweh, in the New Testament, I am. When Jesus, every time that Jesus makes that statement, I am this, I am this, then he is the covenant God. He's promising to be just as, as his father, Yahweh, did in the Old Testament. When he says, I am, then in the, in the New Testament, we can see those promises come to pass. So anything he makes a covenant to be or to do, he will uphold his part of the agreement. When he says, I am the bread of life. We need life, we go to him. He says, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. We, we need a way. We need to find the right way. We go to him. He's promised to be that. Anytime that we see this, I am, we can claim that promise of God. There are times as well when God speaks directly to us about specific things pertaining to our lives. This could be prosperity and ministry. This is, you know, you, you have received a vision. This is going to happen for you. Or professionally, you know, starting a business or, or, you know, doing well on a job or getting a promotion or something like this, that God's saying, yes, if you do well, then I'll do this for you. Or relationally, to say that God wants harmony between spouses and, and within a home, uh, Shane and I were talking about this yesterday or last night that we really need to pray for those who who struggle within the family because if that's where the enemy attacks so very often he he starts there because if he can destroy that uh, original relationship that God created if he can break up that relationship between a husband and a wife and then between uh, parents and children he can he can create such agony within that we become discouraged and we don't want to push forward we don't want to do anything and if he can do that that's a way that he attacks 
So when we see that, we're not ignorant of his devices, but when we see that, we need to begin to pray more and more because God has has promised life and life more abundantly, not not in heaven, but here. We have to live here. So when he says that we can live life and life more abundantly, he means every single day that we can wake up with joy, that we can wake up with peace in the midst of awful circumstances, that we can have victory over the enemy and over the attacks. Also, this could mean a vision for the future of healing or deliverance, a closer walk with the Lord. If that's what we're asking for, and he says, yes, you can have this, whatever it is between you and God, but until I take hold of the promise, it remains unfulfilled. Until I push forward to receive it, I won't have it. God always holds up his end of the bargain. He has whatever it is for us, but until we reach out for it, we can't have it. And I believe that the story gives us some principles necessary to receive whatever it is from the Lord, whatever it is that we're asking for, that we can see through this a way to do it better, a way to do it differently. So, number one, begin with praise. Again, it wasn't, it wasn't the other tribes that God chose and that was there was a reason for that. Of course, we know that the tribe of Judah was the, the tribe of kings, but they had not gotten a king yet. When Joseph, um, excuse me, when, when uh, Jacob was giving his prophecies over his children at the end of his life, and he put his hand on the head of each of his sons, and he, he told them different things that were going to happen in their lives and in the future of their families, and he spoke over Judah, and he said, you know, you are going to be the ruler. The scepter will never leave your family. And, of course, we know now that he was talking about Jesus coming to, uh, coming to sit on the throne of David forever. We know that. But, as it were, we, we see that Judah kind of had this, um, this reputation among the other brothers as the one to look to. He was not the oldest, but he was the strongest, the largest uh, tribe so God begins with him he says the praise is going to go first we do not realize the power or fully utilize the weapon of worship when I praise when I worship a few things begin to happen for one thing God begins to move because it says that he is enthroned in in uh, psalm 22 it says he is enthroned on the praises of israel and he will be in the midst of those gathered in his name he gives us those promises so when i begin to praise when i begin to worship then god moves from wherever it is he's sitting and he moves to where i am to sit on this throne that i've created for him now, you may not believe that's true and you don't have to, but just worship a little bit and see if it happens. Because when I begin to worship, when I begin to really and truly get rid of myself and I begin to focus on who God is, then I begin to feel a movement of the Spirit. I begin to feel the movement of the power of God. So I know that through His Word, His promises are true. And if He says that He's going to inhabit my praise, I might as well give Him a place to inhabit 
Our worship indicates to God a willingness to set all other things aside. Our worries, our time constraints, our distractions, in order to see Him for who He is. The thing is, when, when any of us, when somebody begins to praise you, it makes you want to do a little more for them, right? When someone says, wow, that was, that was great, that meal that you made. I can make that again. I can do that for you. When someone says, wow, you look really nice in that outfit. Like, I can wear this again. If I'm going to get compliments, then I'm going to keep doing it. And just, that's, that's a part of us that is like God. That when we receive praise, we want to do better. And when we give praise to God, when we begin to worship Him, when we begin to set everything else aside and say, I don't care about any of this. I don't care about my phone. I don't care about what I'm going to eat later on. I don't care about whatever else is happening right now. I just want to worship you and talk to you about how great you are. I want to just praise you. Then God begins to say, well, if they're going to worship me, then maybe I'll do a little more. I heard someone preaching not too long ago and said if if God had and God does not, but if God had a weakness, it would be worship. Because he he begins to bless you. He begins to feel differently when we lift him up. Like, oh yeah, you're right. I am. Of course. I am great. And I am strong and powerful. When I begin to see God bigger, my fears become smaller. When I begin to focus on who God is instead of what's going on around me, then everything else looks small by comparison. I, I, we hear this little phrase or we see it on bumper stickers or whatever. Don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big God is. I feel like that's a little cheesy. If you love that, then, then bless your heart and more power to you. Put that on your bumper sticker. I think it's a little cheesy, but the sentiment is true. Because when I come to God bringing my need and saying, oh, God, look at this, it's nothing for him. It's nothing. He can just in an instant fix it. When I bring to him my, and not to, not to diminish it at all, but when I bring to him the struggles that I'm having day by day, God, within my marriage, this is going on, and we're fighting and we're fussing, or, or you know, we're disinterested in one another, whatever it is, God, I bring this to you, and I don't know how to fix it. And God says, I can fix that. That's nothing for me. When we bring to God our, our hurts and our pains, or when we say, when, when we hear of needs, God, this person is suffering physically with this issue, with, with uh, cancer or with disease or with anything. You know, God, I bring this to you, and, you know, I, I just, this is so big, and I don't know how to fix it. Well, of course we don't. But God says, that's nothing for me. I can do that. And, and that's the thing. When we, as we worship, as we come into his presence and bring our needs to him, all those other things begin to diminish, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it through each day. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I, I'm really struggling with the aggravations of this person. God, I don't know how to, to face this. And God says, that's nothing for me. I can do that for you. But when I begin to worship, that's the beginning of my push. The second principle that we see is do not do it alone. Judah requested help 
of Simeon to take possession of the promised land. Now, Simeon was his his brother, of course, uh, the next in line with him. And if you don't know the whole, I'm sure that you do, but if you don't know the whole, for those who are watching virtually, you don't know the whole uh, idea of Jacob and, and all his different wives and who was born to whom, uh, Judah and Simeon were born of the same mother. So they're all brothers of the same dad, but they were born of the same mother. And he was requesting of his brother, come help me. Now this is significant because Simeon was one of the smallest tribes. At this time, there were approximately 22,000 members of the tribe of Simeon, and this was very, very tiny. They had, they had been defeated uh, before this portion. They had been defeated and gone from 59,000 to 22,000. So they had been more than cut in half. But Judah goes to him and says, come help me fight. And when, when you help me fight, then I'll turn around and help you fight. The prophecy that Jacob spoke over him was less than stellar. He said, you're not going to amount to anything. To hear that from your dad, he said, you've been, you've been vicious and you've been, you've been a murderer and you are going to just be absorbed into all the other tribes and nothing good's ever going to come to you. That's what his dad said on his deathbed. But his brother, his big, strong brother, came to him and he said, I need you to help me. I want you to help me fight. This tribe was known for their fierceness and the name Simeon means hearing. So Judah, praise, came to Simeon and said, I need someone who can hear. I need someone who can be a fierce warrior who is able to hear. And as we choose someone to partner with us in prayer and in friendship and in life, be careful who you choose. It may be the one that seems the least who will hear from God on your behalf, who will be a fierce prayer warrior for you, who will be one who will lift you up and encourage you, who will be the one to give you the most support. So again, be careful who it is you pick. They may not look like much, but they're the one who will come alongside you. The third point that we can see is that the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Judah and Simeon were successful until they allowed their view of the circumstance to outweigh their view of God. They had been defeating. They had been just left and right. It doesn't tell us how long they had gone in, in defeating the enemy. But it says they had been victorious. They had gotten the coastlands. They had, they had overtaken uh, place after place after place, killed tens of thousands of people, driven them out of the land. But then when they got to the valley, they lost all sight of who God was. When we see this valley of depression full of the chariots of oppression, God desires that we remember if he was with me on the mountain, 
if he was Yahweh in the past, if he was the God who made a covenant with me before, if he delivered me, if he healed me, if he saved me, he will do it again. So often we lose sight of that, and that's part of the, the problem in refusing to push that we're up on the mountain and we're feeling good and it's like yes this day is a great day <laughs> in, in school all the time you know if something good happens the kids will say best day ever um i hear that a lot on friday we had one of our um one of our valentine parties you have to split up because we're in two cohorts but on on friday we had one of our valentine parties and this kid said best day ever that's because he's getting to open up his valentine candy and that's the thing. When there are days that are the best day ever, it's like everybody's doing right. My family and I are getting along. <gasps> and, and I just got, you know, a bonus on my check. When I just was able to, uh, you know, my, my car's paid for. Thank you, Lord, made that last payment. Or when my house is clean. I mean, you know, things like this. And these are things that discourage us. You know, even the small things. You know, everybody's acting right. I'm feeling healthy. Got a good report from the doctor. All this stuff. When everything's going right and I'm on top of the mountain and I'm worshiping. Oh, thank you, Lord. Everything is good. I can go out and defeat the enemy. Yes. Then there are days. That it's like, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to pray. When we have our, our times of corporate fasting, I don't want to fast. I don't want to worship. Things are not going well. I don't feel good. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to struggle through this anymore. I'm sick of it. But Yahweh is Yahweh. No matter what, no matter where we are, there, there's a promise that He agrees to and that He will not let go. And then number four, do not quit the press. Those tribes for whom the fight was too much gave up on the press. Although God had promised the entire land to them hundreds of years prior to this. They had heard from Joshua. They had heard from Moses this land is yours. When you go in, take possession of it. When you go in, drive everybody out. This is your land. They shouldn't be living in your land. It belongs to you. Don't, you know, don't feel bad for getting rid of those people who are squatting on your land and for whatever reason they just didn't press anymore the bible says that when they got stronger they made the canaanites their slaves but they didn't drive them out but god didn't issue us half a promise if you're not strong enough right now if God has said something to you and you're you're trying you are struggling, you're trying your best but you're struggling. It's okay to wait on the Lord and renew your strength. It's okay. God gives a time for that. There's a time to rest. There's a time to wait. 
if I'm in the middle of it and I'm, I'm pressing and I've done as much as I can, and I say, you know what, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore, then there's a time to wait. But as you wait on the Lord and renew your strength, do not lose sight of what he has spoken. Do not make slaves and neighbors out of what you are able to conquer. Once they got stronger, they, they were able to get rid of those things. They were able to push those out. You've got stuff that's going on with you. You've got habits or addictions or, or whatever it is. You've got attitudes and, and feelings that right now you just can't shake. And I'm not trying to be contrary to what you've heard before, but you can still love the Lord like that. I still got stuff going on within me, but I love you, Lord, and I'm struggling. I, I need a minute. But once you get to the point of strength, don't just stay like that. Because the strength is renewed so that we're able to get rid of those things. You know, even the Apostle Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. And I'm just so frustrated with myself. If the Apostle Paul felt that way, my golly, it's no wonder we feel that way sometimes. God, why can I not get past this attitude? Why can I not get past this aggravation? Why do I keep doing this thing? The strength of the Lord comes to renew us. But when it comes... It's time to move past that stuff. So, his promises are yes and amen. Yahweh is the covenant God who stands by all that he has ever promised, regardless of how long it's been or how impossible things may seem. Many of us are on the edge of something, just waiting to take a step. For whatever reason, you haven't stepped yet. Fear or concern, tired. Remember, begin with worship. Get your, your view of God right. Choose whom you're going to battle with because the right partner may not be your obvious choice. And God is with you. God is with me. God is God no matter where I'm standing. Don't settle for less. Rest and then keep pushing. So today, I know we normally stay in, which we are going to stay in just a second. Uh, we normally stand and, and go to the Lord in prayer, but I'd like for us to act on what the Lord has spoken, and it's not because of me and I'm, you know, whatever, but I'd like for us to act on what the Lord has spoken, and we're going to stand, and I'd like for us to begin with worship. So wherever you are, wherever you are spiritually, in the situation, so we're, we'll stand, and Jeff's got the song going, right? You got the song ready. But we're going to stand, and we're going to go back to him in worship. Because wherever you are, this is where we begin. Whatever the fight that you're about to face, if it's on your job, if it's in your home, if it's within ministry, if wherever it is, if it's in your own mind or own body, wherever it is, the battle begins with worship. So I, that's what I'd like for us to do today is just go to him and, and set everything else aside. I'm, I don't know what time it is, but this is the last thing we'll do unless the Lord directs us differently. But, but just set everything else aside. And really get focused on him. Jesus, we need you this morning. Jesus, we need you this morning.
The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. No, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. give everything over to him today. Whatever it is you've been struggling with, just give it over. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. So I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how my story ends. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Claim that today. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Sickness, disease, depression, oppression, discontent, discouragement. Whatever's come against you, claim that today. Here we go. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Whatever he sent against you, in Jesus' name, you take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. That's what he does. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. Yes, you turn it for good. In my life, in my work, in my marriage, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. In my home, my family, in my mind, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Lord, you turn it for good. So I'm going to see a victory, 
I'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to my Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Claim it again. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Hallelujah. Give him praise for the victory. You may not see it, but he does. You may not see it, but he does. You can trust him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He, God, He is covenant God. Hallelujah. We can sing standing on the promises of the Lord. Hallelujah. When we come into His courts, hallelujah, into His presence, He'll do what He says. Let's believe Him. In the name of Jesus. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed to the Lord always. Uh, in the good times and the bad times, let God be God. Amen. And